You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. For win. It's good! It's good! It's good! Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler. Animals are like, I don't know if that like, like resonates <laughs> with you, but like you always see tigers in like, like on pictures and like on TV, but when you like see a tiger in front of you, it's like, what am I looking at? Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. At some point, somebody's got to take a stand. It's like, hey, man, the Capitol's that way. Chill out. (laughs) No! Stop it! Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome in, guys, uh, to our first ever live uh, show of Blue Collar Unplugged. Uh, I'm Blake Byler here, of course, with uh, Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle. And uh, we had some news break last night that was... uh, pretty jarring pretty unexpected but uh this is just kind of going to be a time where we just go in and chat about um everything going on that we're live on twitter and so like if you have any questions you want to ask any way to like you want to interact with us just uh leave a comment um stuff i'll be monitoring that to make sure we see all of that but um kind of just to get into it like jq entered the portal last night um and i guess there had been some rumors about it swirling around but um, he had previously announced that he was going to return, had the whole graphic and everything. Um, but just kind of first reactions, Jacob, like what did you, as Crimson Chaos president, like what were your first reactions seeing uh, like him enter the portal and, and stuff like that? I mean, honestly, pretty bummed. I mean, JQ has been one of my favorite guys the last few years. I think he's meant a lot to the program, uh, certainly an Alabama legend. All he's contributed to the championships and the attitude and the mentality of these teams. Um, and, you know, one of the, I think one of the crowd favorites too, to kind of interact with in games. So on, on that side of things, I'm certainly going to miss out on uh, seeing him jarring with op- opposing players on the home court and, you know, getting into it and getting the crowd hype. Um, so definitely going to miss that. And then uh, just very surprised too, you know, I, whenever he first, you know, it's kind of rumored this is a possibility, uh, throughout May and after the season had ended that he might hit the portal. I was like, okay, like that's not like that would stink, but that's not the most surprising thing. Like it's especially in the era of NIL and the portal, like whenever you have options, you have options. Uh, but ultimately him deciding to come back at the time, uh, very excited. And then to see him hit the portal now was kind of, I mean, it was a massive shock. Like I was not expecting it, had seen a few things about it in, few group chats and was like, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Um, and I, I guess the rumors ended up being true. So pretty disappointed to, to see him go. I uh, was looking forward to him being that leader that we've had the past few years, but uh, you know, wishing, wishing him the best going forward and that he, he finds what he's looking for. Yeah. Matthew, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you almost have to laugh, don't you? I mean, the, the I'm back edit is, is going to live in infamy for, oh, yeah. on Twitter for yeah. eternity. Um, but again, this is this is an NIL thing. Uh, 
obviously Quinterly knew what his role was going to be. He'd be a six man coming off the bench. The role he's had the last couple of years, he helped recruit Aaron Estrada. He helped recruit the trail right. So he knew what his role was going to be, but this is purely an IL. And obviously there's probably been some tampering. We've heard names like Miami Seton hall. Um, yes, it was unexpected, but you know, in the age of NIL, anything can happen in Quinterly and Alabama kind of fell, uh, fell to it a little bit. It's almost like, how do you walk back? Like a, <laughs> uh, an edit like that. That's like the yeah. big block, like I'm back lettering and Can then sing around all of your like trophies and accolades. Like one, I wonder if that was like edited in or if they like actually brought them all and like set them all up around him for the edit. It was like a, it was a great edit. And like to, to post that and then have to walk that back it's just like wild to me. Like I can't fathom like doing that. I don't know. And I understand the one thing I think that fans need to realize is there's a way to like, you can separate um, like being upset about announcing that you're coming back and then flipping on it. Like you, you, it's understandable to be upset about that, but at the same time, like you can still appreciate what he did for the program in the time he was here because in the four he was he was at Alabama for four years he came in Oates took the job and I think he was the first player to commit he was Um, after Oates took it was either him or Rojas that were like immediate like portal gets right out of the gate for Oates and then he recruited uh Kyra and Petty back out of the portal because they had entered when Avery Johnson got fired. And so for him to be one of the first guys that comes in and believes in Nate Oates and uh, the other coaches that were there, I know he was close with Hodgson. Um, it He's been there through kind of this rise that we've seen um, for Alabama. And he's been, he was an integral part of the 2021 team. Um, he was the sixth man on that team pretty much. Um, he won SEC tournament MVP that year. Um, and then, he goes in and he's a starter all of the 2022 season, but he's, I thought he was good, but didn't he get like preseason SEC hype that year? Like all SEC. Yeah. I think That's he was on like the preseason all SEC, like second team or something like that. And he didn't live up to that. Um, that team was still weirdly constructed. That was the first year of this podcast. That was a fun time. <laughs> it was, he was around like Shackelford and, Davison and those guys. Um, but he, he was – what was he, like 14 a game, 13, 14 a game? I think so. So he was like a good, productive player. I remember his three-point percentage dropped off, and he was in like the 20s after being in like the 40s um, as a in 2021. And so then this past season, he's coming off the torn ACL in the first round against Notre Dame, which was heartbreaking for everybody. And I know that like he, of all people, like – would have wanted to be out there the most. And then um, it was tough to put all lead guard responsibilities on like freshman J.D. Davison in that game. Uh, And then he goes and tears his ACL, comes back quicker than anybody expected. And so he kind of has this like redemption story in March of last season. And he goes in and he's like, he saves the day against uh, Arkansas. He saves the day against Auburn. And then he goes in and, like, gets plugged into the starting lineup. He plays really well throughout the SEC tournament. And it's like, oh, he's, like, kind of 
not I guess kind of like restored and like cemented his legacy as like a champion at Alabama because of what he did. Um, and so I don't think we should forget all of that because of this kind of stain, this like dark spot of him exiting and the way he exited, um, which I think it's unfortunate. I do think he wanted to, like, I'm sure it was a hard decision for him. Like, don't y'all think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he, obviously he surely got like a massive, massive NIL deal. And so weighing that versus the um, staying at the team that you've been with for the past four years, like that's gotta be tough. Um, I know we don't know actual figures, but surely it was a very hefty amount. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But like still in terms of where he would rank in terms of like, not just guards, but like players in this Nate Oates era. He's up there in the top. I think in terms of like how good he was, probably top five or so, five ten. But then in terms of like impact and like lasting impact that he's had over multiple years, like he's towards the top two or three. It's got to be. Yeah, I mean for sure. Like you, purely like success wise in March alone, the last like between 21 two seasons ago and this season, like he kind of carried Alabama to the championships that they did, like not solely, but he was certainly the engine in a lot of those areas, like much less the leadership that he had throughout the three years. I mean, the the energy that he brought, like truly I would say like top two, him and Herb would be most important to the Oates era or, or third behind Jordan Bruner. Blake. um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The Jordan Bruner erasure has to stop. (laughs) Yeah, missing him will be huge on that front. Uh, But, I mean, he certainly certainly had a lasting impact and will have a legacy to continue on. I'd probably put Herb first in terms of, like, impact in the Oates era just because he was, like, the leader of the first team that really, like, got over the hump and started, like, actually winning. And he was player of the year, and he was a four-year guy but like after him it's like i would probably go him like herb miller and quinterly is like the three most impactful guys that oats has had so far i mean four sec titles is like insane like what other player there aren't many players now in the history that have won that many combined regular season and tournament championships i don't think right um alone like he puts him up there with like a lot of the greats and while his like numbers like while he wasn't like an sec player of the year guy or um like a 17 18 point per game score like his impact went beyond just that i feel like like i think people see there are people that see him like calling him like an alabama basketball legend and they're like well how he only averaged like 10, 11 points for his career. Uh, but it's like what he did and the role that he played, how he played it on those teams that made him what he was and how important he was to the the program over that time, I think. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why him entering the portal is so shocking is because this was someone that Alabama fans could honestly relate to. He was unabashedly crimson. I mean, this was a guy that would go on Twitter. He tweeted Auburn fans. He'd flashed pictures of his Alabama championship ring. 
He'd go to stores like Alabama Vintage. He'd always be in there shopping, wearing Alabama apparel. So the fact that he's now in the portal after having such a successful run at Alabama and becoming really was on his way to being one of those legends, it's, it's just makes it really just hard to believe. But again, it's NIL. It's the new age of college basketball. Yeah, and I, I kind of think it's comparable to like Hunter Dickinson transferring. Like that, just the yeah. like such an like JQ has been such an Alabama player. Hunter was such like like a Michigan guy that seeing them go somewhere else is just. I mean, it's it's bizarre. Like it is truly a little crazy that that is like just the reality now. And I mean, you'll continue to see that with these four year, five year guys in college basketball. Certainly we'll see it in college football and baseball is just for agency now, like truly. So it's just, uh, I mean, it's the new era of sports and like that just is kind of where college sports are at. And I think uh, it's good that athletes are able to find their value um, or the value that they perceive to have in the NIL market. I think that's no doubt a good thing Um, and not in this specific case, but I do think this kind of phenomenon of, like the college legends of their team, like going to new schools consistently and there being a lot of change, like kind of opens up the conversation for more uh, of what role the NCAA will play in kind of regulating out NIL to a degree. Because uh, the numbers being thrown out for a lot of these transfers, not just Javon, have been like absurd. And I think that, I don't know, I, I personally, I think long term, we're going to see that market bust. Is that like schools just aren't going to get that value out of players that they think they're getting with these deals? So, it's it just kind of opens the door to a whole new conversation. Be interested to hear you guys' thoughts on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, Jeff Goodman that tweeted yesterday, like this is like a starter caliber guy who hit the portal in late June. After, like normally you would think rosters would already be set kind of by late June, July, that's when guys are starting to get on campus, freshmen are starting to get on campus for, um, like, summer camp and, and everything like that. And so you have all these shakeups that are happening later and later in the season. Like, do you do all think we should have, like a, like, a deadline for, like, portal entries? Do you think it should be different for grad transfers? Like, I don't know what the solution necessarily is. This puts, like – players being able to move like this really puts things in a bind because they can kind of move until the first day of classes. Like I, I saw someone with a hypothetical scenario where like a, a grad transfer goes on like a foreign tour in August with a team realizes he's not going to get the minutes that he wants and he can bounce before the first day of school and still like end up going somewhere else and leave a massive hole in a roster and just all of this stuff. So it's like, like when when should the cutoff be? Like, how strictly should it be enforced? Like, what should you get waivers for? I'm of the opinion that like you should always be able to get a waiver for a coaching change because coaches can move whenever. Like, players want to play for the coach. Like, if a like with Bob Huggins, like all of those West Virginia players, I think should get waivers. Like, if they want to go somewhere else, they should be able to do that. Um, but I don't know when the cutoff should be. I feel like it should be like. May, right? Yeah, I I think maybe having a uniform decision date between like draft early entries and portal entries with 
grad students having that at the end of May, I think that could be kind of beneficial to roster management. I mean, player value, like having your lineup set, being able to actually like have a summer to prepare and practice. Because like if you have like even from the beginning of school to early November, whenever games actually start, and then you really have secret scrimmages through starting the second week of October, like that's such a short amount of time to finally have your whole team together. And not that like summer workouts will be there the whole entire summer, but certainly you'd have more time together. Like, or you'd have less time together the later these transfers are allowed to happen. So being able to limit that and kind of balance and level out that playing field with the portal, I think, I think that kind of needs to be kept in check. So I, I would like an end of May, like full stop, everything needs to be done through then. And, except in some cases like coaching changes, uh, things of that nature, where like from the end of the season, like just from tournament teams, like most teams, their seasons are done by like March, mid-March. And then from there, it's like almost everybody's done by the end of March. So you have two months to like go through with the portal, go through with the draft combine, find your value, make best decision for you that be done. Okay. It's the summer. Let's go. So I, I think that'd be probably the best solution. Yeah. I, I mean, I go ahead, Matthew. I was just going to say, I agree with both of you on both points. I mean, I, I think with a deadline around maybe the beginning of June, late May, um, you know, these players aren't giving themselves time to even assimilate to their new programs either. And I think something Jacob kind of hit on it, but again, if, if a coach gets fired or anything like that, those players should be able to be eligible immediately, just like the West Virginia players we've mentioned, uh, which speaking of uh, Joe Toussaint, uh, yeah. Toussaint with, a, with West Virginia, he's now on some Alabama uh, projections, been, been in contact. So again, I, I agree with that. I think there needs to be some uniformity. Um, and I think that that late June or early June, late May deadline would definitely be the best fit for the NCAA. I feel like it should be like the day that you have to withdraw from the draft it should also be your like transfer portal cutoff. Cause like, if you like go through the draft and then you want to back out, but also you want a portal, like that's your day to do it. And then after that, like the portal should be closed. I think unless like you should get waivers for like coaching changes, obviously, but like it, it just puts roster management and like the sport itself, like in such a, bind because so many things are changing like at all times and players can just kind of leave whenever. So I definitely think, I mean, we'll all agree that there needs to be some kind of structure. I don't know when or if it'll happen. Surely it has to at some point. Who knows? It's the NCAA. Think, but, but yeah, I, I also think that they should like the portal shouldn't open until the end of like the day after the national championship. Because you have so many, like, so much portal action during, like, the end of the season in tournament play. It's like, how are teams that make the tournament supposed to, like, be out in San Diego playing for Sweet 16 and then have to, like, also visit and get in touch with a recruit in, like, out of an A-10 school Mm -hmm. way on the other side of the country. Like, that, I, I think that just, it doesn't make sense. It's the same thing with early signing day with college football. I think that's been, like, a net negative Oh, that's so bad. It's it's terrible. It's so terrible. It's the with the portal, they should move signing day back to February, like the as the only signing day. 
because <clears throat> you got guys like adding portal players in December and January, and that's like then it's like what do you do with your freshmen? Yeah, that have already signed that you're like I don't know. I it's, that that's also bad. <laughs> it puts people in a lot like a big bind, and two like you see a lot of players like I, I feel like Kansas has had one or two guys like like signees decommit after they get like Kansas got portal players in and then they have to reopen the recruitment. And like there's with the portal, like more guys are likely to stay longer in college than they are to graduate early, but there's the same amount of recruits coming in. So you've got a lot of players for less spots. It's, there's just a lot of inefficiencies and, you know, it's not a reality that everybody who hits the portal like should and deserves a spot somewhere else. Cause like, that's not the case, but it does need to be better. But the guys that, like, and for high school recruits too, like it's really a disservice to them uh, the longer that this goes on without getting taken care of. One thing I do think though is that, like, when the COVID year is gone, I think that's going to help some things because you won't have all of these fifth year grad transfers, right? Uh, that are like moving so easily. Like, guys are for a guy to grad transfer you're going to have to have graduated in less than four years, which is obviously less likely and will be less frequent than all of these guys that play four years and then they still have the extra year because of COVID. And I think this coming year, right, is the last year that – or is it one more? Um, 2021 didn't count, right? So two, three, four – yeah – 2025 will be the last year where you'll have like fifth years who their freshman year didn't count because of COVID. Right. And so like, I think, I think that's also something that's going to help kind of balance it, but that's also like two seasons away. And so you still have like this whole season and then the whole season after that of like the fifth years that are, that have just played five years straight up, never redshirted, never did anything. They just got the extra fifth year because of COVID. Um, and that's in all sports that it'll be like that. So things need to fix, but who knows if they will. No one knows what they're doing. No. No. In terms of Alabama losing Quinterly, um, where do you think that puts them in – like how, how does that leave – where does that leave their backcourt? Um, and what can they do to – like who are some guys out there that they could – maybe replace Quinterly with, like, are they still in a good spot in terms of backcourt and depth and everything? Yeah, I I would say so. I mean, I, I think we're still in an all right spot, certainly not as good of a spot as with Quinterly, just the experience and depth that he brings. Uh, but I know it was reported this morning that uh, Alabama is looking at Joe Toussaint out of West Virginia. Is that uh, how you say his name? I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, he – I don't think there's any relation, but the Braves had a pitcher, Tuki Toussaint, and that was how. So that's the only reason I know how to say it. Uh, yeah, so that's I mean, that's a possibility. That would be solid. Not as much shooting there. His true shooting and effective field goal percentage numbers aren't awesome, uh, but we've kind of had a few guards like that running at point or shooting guard for Alabama the last few years too. Between JD Davison, Jaden Bradley, uh, really point guard light like three years ago, now three years ago too, in the 2020-2021 season. So having that kind of depth um, is pretty solid on defense. So being able to bring him in would be, I think, 
beneficial and just having experience uh really just looking for a depth piece like between estrada sears and reitzel like you have the firepower and you have pop with your point guards and guards that like it's not the it's not the biggest deal in the world and i think it makes like the recruitment of jaron stevenson and now grant nelson that much more effective too because you could throw in jaron stevenson at the four grant nelson at the five put sam walters at the three and then throw like rylan at the two and then you can rotate a little bit of Mark Sears, uh, Aaron Estrada. So like it's, you can kind of hide that really fourth guard or second tier backup guards. I, I don't think it's the biggest deal, but I, I wouldn't, we're not going to, that spot won't be left open. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's two spots still. Yeah. I think. I think that 13th spot could be left open. Yeah, it could be. They'll get another guy though. Oh. I, I would assume it would be a guard. Um, somebody on Twitter said, would rather than get a wing or a big uh, because they never replaced Waltman after – or Walton, Jaquan Walton. Um, I could see that. Yeah. I think – I don't know. I feel like they'd rather have a guard maybe. They'd rather have a ball guard, I feel like, because you don't want to be in a situation like – I remember 2020 when the only ball guards were Kyra and uh, Beetle Bolden. And, like, outside of – it was, like, Kyra playing, like, 40 minutes a game. Like, not really. It was Kyra playing, like, 32 minutes a game and then Beetle running the point for the other eight. But then if one of them went down with an injury – like, there were games that, like, Beetle was down with an injury and so, like, John Petty was, like, playing point guard. And, like, that – didn't need that to happen. So if the only like Sears is a point guard or he's more of a combo guard, but he can be a point guard. Estrada can be a point guard. And so those two are your dominant ball guards. Right. Sells more of an off ball guy, I think. And so for you, you need some kind of ball guard off the bench. And that's why I think the West Virginia guy would be good just because he plays hard. He's always had, I think he's played four years with a positive assist turnover ratio. Like, he takes care of the ball. Um, he can dish it out. Like, that's good. Um, I was just looking stuff up about him. He went on a visit to Kansas State. Or he's currently on a visit from Kansas State. And then on Wednesday, he starts a visit to Texas Tech. Hmm. And then he's also heard from Alabama, Cal, DePaul, Georgetown, Gonzaga, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Pitt, Seton Hall, St. John's, and Western Kentucky. So, interesting yeah. list of schools. I think, like, I mean, y'all saw the Trilly Donovan tweet from today. <laughs> like, I think I think if NATO it's like really wants to go get him, like I think he can. I don't know. I think I think he'd be a good add, definitely. I don't know much about the guards that are in the portal currently. So, yeah, I mean, just getting him off the bench and just being able to take care of the ball, run the offense. Alabama doesn't need him to with its Toussaint. Alabama doesn't need him to be a superstar. He just needs to come no. off the bench, do his job like he's been doing at West Virginia. I mean, it, it'd be a great addition. And, you know, with the Wild West of the transfer portal, you never know who could hit. So Alabama could get Toussaint or he gets someone even better because you never know with how college basketball is at the moment. There could be some kind of tampering. Who knows? Didn't like Devin Cambridge, wasn't he just committed somewhere and then he committed somewhere else because that school realized he never signed? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, they, that kind of he, was, crazy. 
that is that is wild. But, so yeah, even him. even without like even without Quinterly, Quinterly was good because he was like relief if your guys weren't like if your starters weren't playing well, you know you had a guy on the bench that you can go to that can get a bucket. And he's also a guy who could like if the offense wasn't flowing well, he could take somebody off the dribble. And now I think there were also times that like Alabama fans would get frustrated because he could get carried away with that. And I think he could maybe try to play iso ball a little too much, especially when he didn't really have size over other people and he would get swatted in the lane a lot. But I think overall, like having – you still have scores, And, like, he wasn't going to be your top scorer this year. He probably wasn't going to be a top three scorer this year. And so I think that, like, losing him, it hurts. And he was – I don't think he was necessarily like a guy Alabama had to have, but he was a really good bonus to have. Like Alabama wasn't relying on him, but he was just an, a really, really nice addition to have coming off the bench. And so if they can find a guy to replace him, then I'm sure everything's going to be just fine in terms of the roster. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you have enough ball handling currently to like get by and then add another depth piece and really lock in um, feeling confident most of the way through your rotation. So, you know, we'll see what you could get out of guys like Rylan on ball. I think he showed some flashes and potential of that last season uh, at times, like was pretty good to get through the lane, find open passes once he got up in the air. So, you know, that would be nice to have too, to be able to slot in. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like, as awesome as it would have been to have JQ back, like it's not the end of the world. Like the, the engine wasn't, he wasn't the engine. He was just going to be like a nice, nice boost of, of nitro, like midway through the first half or second half, whenever defense gets a little tired, come in, use him as the, the energy bolt, which we saw a lot the last two years. So the last three years. But yeah. I mean, that's would we'll, we'll love to see Tassan. I, I just feel like it won't, I don't feel, it feels too obvious and easy for, him to hit the portal like two days before JQ does, and then we get a commitment by the end of the week or something like that. So I, I feel like this will be a – maybe by the yeah. end of July we've got somebody else. I feel like that's just kind of how this offseason tends to have gone. But we've met the needs that we needed too. So, you know. If, if they can get him on campus, I like their odds. But that's the that's the question. Because like Kansas State, like Jerome Tang is going to – he's going to get – he already got Arthur Kaluma, right? Yeah. Like while he was on visit, I think I don't think he even. Think he yeah, committed. I think, and he canceled his other. Like he committed while on visit and had other visits planned. Yeah. So maybe he does the same thing. Um, yeah. Then he's also going Texas Tech, and they're always tough to beat out in recruiting. When they beat Bama out for Kevin O'Banner, was yeah. Chris Beard there, or had he left for Texas already? I think he had left for Texas at that point. That would have been Adams. But yeah. Adams Adams isn't there anymore, correct? Well, Adams no, Adams got fired, yeah. 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 So who do they have now? Oh, gosh. Um, who do they have now? That, that's, I also wonder how much of a role he'd even have at Kansas State. Grant McCaslin. Yep. Where was he from? Seen his assistant. 
with that whole situation where Adams was fired or resigned or whatever, that kind of seems like a promote the assistant type of thing. Is that I North Texas? North, North Texas. Texas. Oh, okay. That's good, then. Played basketball at Baylor, too. Nice. Texas guy. So where do you uh, want – where where would you prefer Quinterly land? Where, where do you want him to end up? I, Miami. That would be so much fun. <laughs> that would be so and, – and we're going to play. Like, I, I would say, like, lock in Alabama-Miami for the ACC-SEC challenge. Like, that feels oh my gosh if he if he came to if Alabama Miami was the challenge and he went to Miami and came to Coleman that would be that'd be awesome I I would be be really really happy to see that yeah I would have go yeah no you go you go late you go I was gonna say I know there's been like rumblings of Memphis I don't want that for him personally No. no I think Miami would be way more fun than Memphis absolutely yeah, I, I personally, like I said, I hope it's either Seton Hall or Miami. Um, initially, I would have said St. John's, but I believe St. John's is actually too over the roster limit right now. They've got to find a way to, to cut that, so he won't be going there. But playing under Patino would have been fun accordingly. Going that'd back be up so forward. good. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be very fun. I Also, can we talk about the, the CBD Roundup account trying to say that Auburn is not going to Auburn. Like, stop it. Like, Auburn's not interested in – JQ, like, is Auburn could they spot? have one spot, right? I think so. Probably going to find like a, a D three JUCO guy to fill the roster. Um, no, like that, accounts it, it like that. I think we need to we need to have a conversation about the college basketball aggregator accounts of, like, everybody that. wants to be truly. Stop trying yeah. to be truly. Like there, everybody, and then before that, everybody wanted to be Slater, and like Slater, Slater, like it, those guys, like know things, like. You tweeting Actually. the Bruce Pearl gif and saying, hearing things of where a certain SEC player might be transferring. It's like, you don't know anything. Like, you, like it's impressive how many interactions you can drum up, but it's just like, it's it's just rinse and repeat. It's like the college basketball report, which I, I like their stuff a little bit better, but every time that, uh, like once a month, they do the post Jabari Smith stat line, post Brennan Miller's his yeah. career stat line. <laughs> Vote in the comments below. Like it just, uh, it there is an epidemic of accounts of that nature that I think need to be need to be stopped. <laughs> they're not <laughs> going to. They get the interactions. No, they, but they like they know what they're doing. I'll give it to them. It, it later, this, later this week, I'm just going to tweet a gif of like a random college basketball coach. Yes, and that's it. Just say nothing yeah. and see how many like. Because everyone thinks every tweet is cryptic, and everyone tries to do all the quick, the like cryptic tweets, and these accounts are like, "Oh, I'm just gonna like make up whatever." Yeah, no, it's uh, it's so easy to do too. Apparently, like it, it's just GIF two emojis hearing things. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, any three of us, any three of us could drop the eyeball emoji on the timeline, and it would immediately be everywhere. People would be going, "Oh my gosh, what's happening? Who's album going after? What are they doing here? What's going on?" It, no, I'm going to do the domino, t- the domino gif, the domino gif. Yeah, that precisely. Was, gosh, yeah, it, that the official. Gosh, that's that's perfect. I mean, it is. That's rough. It's rough. If JQ here. goes to Auburn, I think that would like. I so think cool. that would shock me more than like when Katie went to the Warriors. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I would be more surprised about that. There's, there's nowhere in the SEC like I could see Javon going. Well, no one has any spots for one. And like yeah. maybe Kentucky. Like I would maybe. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, Kentucky and Auburn are the only schools that have spots right now, I believe. And Alabama. But and Alabama, of course. But yeah. I mean Kentucky actually like don't they need guards? Yeah, I mean they I need to look at Paris's like roster. Has it been determined if they're keeping Reeves or not yet? Is is that still an ongoing? He's situation? staying, I think. Staying? Je- the Jeff Goodman propaganda said he's staying. So okay, okay. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, also, saw things about like Calipari tweeting about Trey Mitchell before, like he said something specific before he actually announced, and that uh, I think uh, mm-hmm. Ant was trying to say that it was like a minor NCAA. Uh, infraction, which would just be so funny. Like you finally get a player out of the portal and you accidentally commit a minor NCAA infraction. <laughs> that, that, that would just be so Kentucky. Uh, speaking of, we'll be back in Rupp. Alabama basketball is in Rupp this season. I want to go so bad. I, I, I think we should go. You, you know, I'm going, so fun. I think we should go. That, listen, we, it's covered. We're there. And then uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me but arkansas justin coleman is good a&m justin coleman is good but also alabama hasn't beat a&m at home in ages one on senior night two years ago oh yeah, yeah. no they, they didn't just win they beat the breaks off of alabama i i think it was like, I think they won by like 18 after we were up by four or five and a half. A&M had won five straight before the SEC championship. Gosh, maybe, maybe and, that broke the curse. And three of those were in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> there was, it started in uh, 2019. They won by one point. Wasn't that like a buzzer beater? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was uh, that guy, like, some, like, lefty guard for A&M was, like, NBA range, like, runner, three-pointer, like, off glass to win by yeah. one. I don't remember his name. And then uh, then they won in College Station. And then, yeah. So before the SEC championship, the last time Alabama beat Texas A&M was the Colin Sexton buzzer beater. In St. Louis, so they have owned both Arizona and Auburn lately. Was it TJ Starks that hit that shot for AM? It was TJ Starks. Yeah. That's the name. Yeah. And that so them in Tuscaloosa should be good. Arkansas only in Tuscaloosa is good. Tennessee home and home is tough. Yeah, I knew knew that was coming. Unfortunately, that that made I'm too sorry much that sense. You have to go back I, again. To Knoxville again. Jacob has never experienced an Alabama victory in Knoxville, <laughs> and it, it's been a like a very painful game twice. That <laughs> so I can't say I'm looking forward to that one. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, We're, um, will, will will Drew still be up there? Yeah, we can go stay with Drew. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm. I will definitely go to that game. Yeah. What'd you say, Matthew? I was going to say, there's another game in Tennessee that's going to be in Nashville again. Yes. And me and Blake had had quite a time the last time we went there. 
<laughs> staying in like the international space station to watch the game. And also like they literally like, call the press tunnel. box the crow's nest. Yeah. It's terrible. Being led to the wrong tunnel was great. Going into like the, the medical exit and then going. Oh, gosh, the I room. forgot like, about that. Go back. You're not supposed to be here. Yeah, they sent us in the wrong tunnel like three times. I'm not shocked. I, I loved Memorial. I had a great night at Memorial. That was so much fun. It, that was, it's fine. It's the weirdest place. I can't wait to go back. I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, they still have like Ezra Mignon, right? Surely. Need to, need to do a. We know they kept. Uh, yeah, they do. Tyron Lawrence. We do know they kept Tyron Lawrence. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. kind of waiting to relearn all the rosters for about another month until they get. Yeah, because none of them are gonna be right. So yeah, it's not. It's not move. The the away schedule is nice. Thinking traveling wise, though, like there's nothing extreme. No, no South Carolina. No A and M. No Arkansas. No Missouri. Like that's that's basically all you can ask for. All the away games are close. It's like both Mississippi schools, Georgia, yeah. both Tennessee schools. Auburn, obviously. Auburn. Gainesville. LSU. Gainesville. Gainesville and is, I think, Gainesville the and Rupp. Or may, Rupp may be the furthest trip by like an hour. But are, you very, go, are you going to go to that Gainesville trip, Jacob? Yeah. Uh, depend, depending on date. Um, got a, got a Disney so trip funny. scheduled like end of Christmas break. So plenty around that. We'll see We'll see how it yeah. works out. But, um, I think the schedule start. I think the SEC schedule starts on like the sixth or something like that. It actually starts in January now. Yeah, because they moved the um, the SEC. The challenge isn't during conference play anymore. It's now back. I wouldn't be shocked actually if they had the the challenge right around New Year's. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I think that would be the most. That's like fun. the first game back after. Um. Kind of the lull around Christmas. Yeah, that would uh, that'd be good though. I mean, I, I'm really excited for Florida. I think that's going to be a fun trip. Super excited for Rupp. Uh, wish we got Kentucky in Coleman, but it is what it is. I mean, the home schedule is nice. Like, only only game against A&M and Arkansas at home is great. Like, obviously, Rupp is tough, but there. How good is I'm Kentucky? not moved. Yeah, I'm not moved by the roster. Not necessarily moved. I mean, they had like they had like eight players like two weeks ago. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. The last time Bama was in Rupp was the Keon Ellis game. That was Keon Ellis game. Unfortunately, that was also the Davion Mintz game. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, was it Mintz? uh, Or was it Jacob Toppin? It was the Kellen Grady game. That's right. That's right. The shooter. And Toppin had a good game that game. Is he gone? He's gone, right? Toppin? Um, I need to look up Andrew's thing. Like, I need to have it pulled up. Yeah, Toppin's out of there. It's like a brand new team for them. It is. I'll tell you what could be a sneaky game. Maybe Ole Miss. They've they've got some guys returning that aren't too bad. And they add Alan Flanagan. You got Matthew Merle. Uh, oh, Jamie really Yeah, and they're going. Alabama's going to Oxford for that one. So we'll the see. Pavilion. Alabama like dominates yeah. the pavilion though. They do. I but they've they've got some scores. That's you know, gotta be careful about them a little bit. I think this is gonna help me round out 
all but well, it, it gets me a lot closer of, of new arenas, Pavilion, the Odom, Stag, Rup, PMAC. I still haven't made it to the PMAC. Stag sucks. Yeah. So what? Four. Okay. Five, yeah, I'm gonna get five to a bunch new, of new ones too. Five new, five new ones. Uh, I'll maybe get to down to College Station at some point for a basketball game. Maybe. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good schedule, but you know, very. Alabama's very won six straight against Ole Miss. Yeah, they they have been not surprising. Ole Miss last won in twenty eighteen. They beat Colin Sexton in the Pavilion. Um, <laughs> Alabama's last two games in Oxford, they won one hundred three to seventy eight and ninety seven to eighty three. Jeez. So averaging a hundred points a game, their last two games in Oxford. That's good. Uh, One of them was like a massive John Petty game. Yeah. D- didn't Jason Holt have just an absurd game two years ago there? Quite possibly. Like, I, I think he might have actually cracked double digits. Let's see. That's very possible. Actually, I have it right here. It was the 2022. Yep. He played 26 minutes. He had two points. <laughs> I and I think it was a. I think it was like an alley oop dunk. He was one for two from the field. Gosh, that's just that's so good. Neither one. He did not shoot a three pointer. Good. It's probably what we want. Probably made more TikToks after the game than he had points. That that is incredibly likely. I mean, he what, played the left? third most minutes on the team that game. That that team was just behind uh, Quinterly and Shackelford. That was a grind of a season to watch. That that was wow. <laughs> what an experience. Shaq had thirty that game, <laughs> and JD had eighteen. What kind of efficiency? Yeah, what's, um, efficiency? what's the efficiency for Shackelford? 10 for 17. Okay. 8 for 13 yeah. from 3. Eight, he was on fire. 13 right. from 3. How did we only shoot 22 threes that game? Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. What a game. None of this, man, needed that. Needed to see that and think that we're – Realize we're in a better place roster wise, no Covering matter what. That team was so frustrating. Gosh, go it. Man. I went to Athens that year. I did not, and I am I'm thankful I was not at that game. I hope to see a better game in Athens this year than what I saw last time. Surely. Surely. I don't know. What did they I feel like Mike White got a few good guys in the portal. You got a bunch of guys in the portal. I don't know if they're good. But he got a bunch of them. It's kind of like what Todd Golden's doing down there. It's just like, yeah, he's got a lot of dudes. I'd... We'll see how it turns out. Florida in a probably a little bit better spot, but nonetheless kind of, eh. Did else? Alabama win last time they were in Gainesville? Uh, yes. But Oh, that was a that was a Juwan Gary game. It was. It was, it was a Juwan Gary game. Um, Rest in peace, the Jawan Gary sound button. Oh, God. Oh, I missed that. Sound buttons. 
let's see, the last time, Bama's won three straight. They won the last one in Gainesville. But then the one before that in Gainesville was that two-overtime game where Alabama led by, like, like 20. 20 in the first half, just shooting lights out and then choked. It's bad. Yeah, John Gary settled for 11, 19 points, eight rebounds. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, I miss him. What's we could sit here and do this schedule stuff all day. Are you all ready to wrap it up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, wow, we've been going for like an hour. I was about to say, I love how we said not a full episode and it's and then full did a full. <laughs> it's three o'clock. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks everyone on Twitter for listening. Um, are we going to put this anywhere? Honestly, probably. It went long enough and I think the quality's good. I'll double check everything. So Okay, we'll check. This might go up. We'll see. We'll at least, we will at least clip a few things and get it out there. Yeah, throw yeah. that on Twitter. Throw the video um, up on Twitter. But yeah. Thanks as always for listening, and uh, we'll. Um, I don't know how to end this on the thing. I think I'm assuming you do. I do. But yeah, we'll catch you guys next time.